Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 192, an update episode. Yeah. That's and right. that's all. That's it. That's all we got <laughs> for you. No. But hey, there's a lot going on and it is Q4. And there's a lot to discuss about how to fix things during Q4, which is not the time that you want to talk about fixing things. But hey, we just got to roll with the punches. That's right. All right. And anything else you wanted to share? No, um, I mean it's it's yeah, Q four is intense, and uh, I, I I'm sure we've got some stuff to talk about that. <laughs> all right, hey, real quick though, I did want to share about hey, thank you so much for all of you that have done buymeacoffee.com/slash pure hustle. Uh, the link is below. Seriously, <laughs> really appreciate uh, just uh, the outflow and the, the gratitude from many of you. It, not even not even the monetary amount, just the nice notes that you guys have left have meant so much. Uh, and because, you know, we never know the impact. Sometimes we see the reviews we know, but man, those notes have been really personalized. So really appreciate it. If you want to keep helping us and you haven't yet, there is a membership opportunity, $5 a month, basically less than a cup of coffee, depending on where you go uh, to just help the podcast keep moving along. So thanks so much. That's right. And then who knows down the road, we might be able to offer uh, through Buy Me Coffee. There's some cool features where we can actually like push out extra content to, uh, to our peer hustle partner. So, um, you know, keep a, keep an eye out for that. That'd be awesome. All right. So what's been going on with you in the reselling world, man? Um, just, just grinding away, right. Listing, selling, shipping. Um, and you know, one thing that, you know, I was thinking I actually was at target the other day and, or are we, are we calling that the retail store, the shopping name? I feel like, I feel like at that point, like it's too much, like we're adding too much Nah, nah, I don't even want to, I don't want to throw their name out there. All right. So it's I, up to you. I, I was at the, uh, I was at the, the circle store. The circle store. I was at the circle within a circle store. And, um, I was kind of just not really scanning hard, uh, but just looking specifically, I, I, I've got my eyes more on toys now than I have in the past. Now that I have a son who's like actually interested in like birthday and Christmas stuff before it was just like toys. I, he would have been happy with the box, but now there's like certain things he's into. And so I've been paying more attention to like what's on sale, what's not on sale, what are the hot items and, you know, just keeping an eye out on that. And I've noticed for me, at least I found a few items. that's like, all right, it looks like there's potentially profit here, whether I would go maybe Amazon Merchant Fulfilled or eBay. Uh, but a lot of the profit gets eaten up for me, at least in shipping. It seems like I always find the deals where it's like, man, I could triple my money on this item, but it's always the big boxes. Like it's never the small boxes, mm -hmm. right? It's always like, man, this thing is, but it's so big that by the time I ship it and pay for shipping, I might be making one or $2. Now, the nice thing is I can buy 20 or 30 of them at a time, uh, but even still, it's not worth it if you're only making a couple of dollars, right? If I was making $10 per item, all right, it might be worth it if I could pick up 20 of them, right? But when you're looking at, all right, here's an item that I could pick up for $5, sell it for 20 to $25, but it's going to cost me probably 10 to 12 bucks to ship. And then after fees and all those things, it really cuts into the profit. But one of the things I noticed while I was there, I've been on the hunt for a Nintendo Switch for a while. They actually had some? When I when the pandemic first started, I've always kind of thought, because I, I was a huge Zelda fan, the very first video game I ever played and finished was um, Ocarina of Time. And so I was a huge Zelda fan. And, you know, seeing the new Zelda game that came out and uh, quarantine started and I was home more and I was like, you know what? I don't ever have time to game. Like I never game at all. Now, when you mean new, you mean like came out like a year ago, but it was new to you. Yeah. So it's an older Zelda <laughs> Breath game. Breath of a Wild. Yeah. Breath yeah. Wild, yeah. Okay. No, but, but I mean, new in the sense of it's not Ocarina of Time, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, 
it's it's not Nintendo sixty four or even no. Wii because I had I had the what Twilight Princess or whatever oh for the Wii. Oh my goodness! Um, but so this is like extremely new in comparison to those, <clears throat> and uh, and so I, I was like, okay, I never have time to like play a video game, but you know, I might I might actually play this game, you know, during quarantine, and it was impossible to get uh, a, a Switch. I tried my my hardest. I, I looked everywhere. I was, you know, even trying to look the local game and everybody was selling them for so much. So then my my focus was every time we went to Walmart, every time we went to Target, every time we went to Best Buy, any store like that, I was always looking partially for me and partially because, hey, this might be an opportunity if I ever just see one random one in stock. And occasionally I would see like a Nintendo Switch Lite in stock. But I was like, if I could ever find these, this might be a quick $100 flip, you know, locally or, you know, make $50 profit selling it on 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 eBay. So it's not too bad. So I was always looking for them and never found them. And as I'm walking through the store, I see three Nintendo Switches that are like the um, Animal Crossing edition mm. and one regular Nintendo Switch and three Nintendo Switch lights at this one target. And I'm like, did I just hit the jackpot? Like, is this like some crazy thing that happened? So I looked up. Uh, the the Animal Crossing one, and I just see on eBay that they're selling for like two ninety nine, which is what they cost in Target. Mm-hmm. And people are selling them at that price. People are buying them at that price, which means people are buying these, putting them up for auction, hoping they'll make money, and have actually lost money selling these. So I don't know if more shipments have come in and they finally have a release. Or there's, if, a, there's a huge restock. Like Amazon has them again. Is it? Yeah, yeah. on all switches. And, and I don't know if it's like production went up or if they were maybe holding some back for Christmas, knowing Q4 is coming. And so they they knew it was a hot item. And so they were kind of holding it back so that people can get them around that time. I don't no, know Nintendo, what it was. Nintendo claims they just, they ran, they didn't have any more. They're out of production. So this was back in March or April. And Nintendo said no more switches for a while. And then I guess now, yeah. They're back. Yeah. And I I read some articles and I didn't read them enough to like, speak with any kind of authority on this, but I saw that in some markets, I think Japan was one of the markets that they decided they were going to stop selling them in Japan so that they could free up more for the, the American markets. And huh, so interesting. Um, I don't know what all, con- what, which countries were impacted by that. Uh, but it's possible that they were just like trying to, to funnel in as many as they could into the, the customer base that was wanting it the most. Um, I have a suspicion that they, they had, held some back. And I think they're even holding some back now. I think they're stocking the shelves with them like slowly enough that people are are picking them up, trying to flip them, realizing that they can't flip them because everybody picked them up and then customers are going to be able to get them because they can just slowly release them out on the, the shelves. So I could be wrong and maybe, who knows, I might kick myself because we might end up right towards Christmas time and Nintendo Switches might be three times the price again, right? Who knows? Who knows? But I don't want to take that gamble and tie up, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars in merchandise, hoping that the price is going to go up when I can make that, that, that capital go towards other things that I'm more of a sure bet. Yeah. I'm always a fan and I've learned the lesson the hard way is you sell when it's hot. And if it's not hot, when you're going to source it, unless you know, for sure, unless there's been a trend that you can validate that's going to happen, probably not move on it. Like I've, I've lost thousands of dollars making those kind of moves. It's just not worth it. So all right. Hey, I, it's been, it's been good. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but sales are kicking up. Q4 is definitely an effect on eBay. It's, it's an effect on Amazon, but you know, we've always shared about how eBay is always like the last one, like to, to not, not the last one, but they, they're a little bit behind Amazon when it comes to Q4. Right. But this year, it seems it's going to be across. I don't know about the other platforms. Like I still get the 
somebody liked your item on Mercari. Somebody liked your item on Poshmark. And I, I've always said, like, I don't care if people like my product. Give me an offer or buy it. And this is why I've limited how much I list on those platforms because it's just not worth my time. And again, if you're able to spend the time and use a ton of platforms like Depop and Mercari and Poshmark and, you know, Bonanza is the easiest one. All you have to do is import your eBay listings and it's good to go. And I've had sales on Bonanza too. So, you know, I share all this because if you have not like gone on a listing rampage, like rampage, rampage, <laughs> right now is the time right now because people are buying Christmas stuff. I really believe now eBay has been saying this. A lot of retailers have been forecasting that people are going to be buying earlier for Christmas than ever before. And so I strongly recommend you do that. Now, I wanted to talk about garage sales because I've had some rough garage sales probably for, I would say three weeks. And then this last week I went and it, it was good. It was real good. And here's the crazy thing is I thought I was going to see you because it was local. Everything was literally within five miles of where I lived. Mm. Not five miles, maybe like 10 miles. And I went to two that were out like 20 miles away, but it was great. And so, you know, my first stop I go, there was like this uh, charity that I was doing, you know, and usually when you do charities, it's usually, it's not a lot of good stuff, right? Because just people that donated their items. But I go to this one and uh, the first stop, I picked up a few items and I spent $21 at that one. And the items were, you know, I was like, I was okay with them. And I'll talk about one of them later. And then I go to the next one and I pick some more. And what was nice is that day I spent $79 in total. And I decided that night, I'm just going to list all this because I know people are buying for Christmas. And so literally within 12 hours, I already made $100. I already profited whatever, 20 bucks. And that's including fees and everything. Right. So again, it goes to this thing. If you want to start anywhere, garage sales is a place. And here's, I shared this on Instagram. Like I sold the Ravensburger uh, puzzle for $39.99. And then somebody had dropped a comment said, are puzzles still hot right now? Because they were hot in March and April. Like you could not find puzzles unless you were there early, unless you knew when people restocked. But I think it's going to it's going to go really well again, because, you know, the more the media keeps talking about, you know, COVID and infection rates, the more people are less likely to go out and shop. And actually, I saw this uh, new program. So there's Instacart, right, where they they buy groceries free and they deliver them. Then I saw another company I'm giving free advertising here uh, called Shipped, And I guess they they're willing to buy other stuff. So I'm wondering if these companies continue to be successful Two two things. Is it going to change buying practices even more where people are more going to go online? And is it going to bring competition in the e-commerce space? Because now people realize, hey, they can pay somebody to go shopping for them. Or are they just going to want to do it online because it's easier for them to get their items, you know? Uh, but man, that garage sale, it's, it's one of those things where you buy things at garage sales and you're surprised at what you get. So at one of the stops, I picked up... 10 hats, 10 snapback hats, uh, four sewing kits, uh, Warriors basketball pair of shorts. And I think that was everything. And I, and for everything I paid $15 and you know, I posted this on Instagram and people are like, Oh, that hat is sick. Hey, check this out. Check this out. And I thought I had, you know, good stuff, but I, I didn't realize how good stuff I, I picked up. So one of the hats was a NHL sports specialties hat. I listed it that night. Remember, I paid like a dollar for everything and it sold for $50, like right off the bat. Now I listed it for a hundred. I took an offer of 50, but I was aiming for, you know, for the moon. It was pretty high. And then 
uh, one of the I, I talked about the puzzles, and then I picked up some compression socks for like I don't know ten cents, whatever. Sold some of those for twelve dollars. But when I looked at the sewing stuff, that's what really caught me. So I haven't picked up Busilla sewing stuff in a long time, and each of these kits I paid like a dollar at this garage sale. They're going for forty five to fifty dollars sold, right? And so. I, I just share this because, you know, garage sale is one of those things. You may go two Saturdays, it may be nothing. But once you hit that third or fourth and you hit a good one, it definitely compensates for all the others. And you can go in streaks where you go in a whole month and you have more inventory than you know what to do with. That's where I'm at right now. I picked up so much that day and I picked up so much stuff on local deals that week where right now I, I don't even have to source. I actually went to a thrift store today and I picked up all kinds of craziness. So... So it's been good. That's what I don't give up. Like there's these dry seasons where you go outsourcing and you're like, there is nothing out there. But remember, people are always trying to get rid of stuff. People are always donating and not everyone knows what you know. Right. So as long as you have a certain knowledge about certain niches, you'll always be able to find certain stuff. The key thing is about getting out there. So you have any more uh, update stuff here? Yeah. I mean, you talked about uh, puzzles and I've noticed I've sold quite a few uh, like holiday board games and puzzle type things. In fact, one of them was an elf, like the the, oh, yeah, the Will yeah. Ferrell movie, Elf, right? Um, so yeah, I think it's one of those things. One thing that people don't realize, and, and I hope I'm not giving away trade secrets here, but board games are really popular around Christmas time, around the holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, a lot of times families get together and they want to play board games. And a lot of people are you know, they're happy, they're set with like Monopoly and Scrabble and charades, but a lot of families like to try different board games. And so having the random one-off games that are, are a game that, you know, isn't necessarily meant to be a serious hardcore game like the ones I play a lot, but some of the the simpler ones, like I said, like there was an elf game, uh, just random little things like that can do really well around Christmas time, puzzles too. Um, I know one family tradition that that we have, my wife and I, every Christmas, we buy uh, for our family like a new random game. We just go to Target or Barnes and Noble and go to the the board game section, and we pick a game that neither of us have ever played before. And may, hopefully, it's like four or more players, so we can get her parents involved, and we play it. And sometimes that's the only time we play it is once a year. That one one time, and then maybe we never play that game again. But it's kind of like a tradition of like just let's play something new, you know, around Christmas time. And I know a lot of people who do things like that. They're they're home, kids are home. Uh, sometimes people take vacation. Uh, so yeah, definitely picking up board games is a good idea around this time or puzzles. Uh, so I've sold several over the last few days and it's been nice because yeah, sometimes they sit. The one bummer I'll, I'll say right now with board games is they're usually very awkward sizes and it's very difficult to find the perfect box for, right? Either the box is way too big or it's just not quite big enough. And I actually saw a couple of videos that were uh, helpful. Uh, one of them was on TikTok. I need to pull it up sometime and <laughs> And, uh, or maybe make make a version of it for us for Pierce Podcast. But uh, like an interesting way of taking a box and, and actually uh, changing the way it's shaped like really fast and, and being able to get board games. So that's been useful. But just know that if you're going to pick up board games is be careful with board or the, the box sizes. Um, puzzles, same thing. Sometimes it's really hard to find the right size box for it. So um, unless there's going to be good profit in it, if you're only looking at 5 to $10 profit, maybe don't pick it up. Uh, unless you already know you've got boxes that can can work for it. Otherwise, eh, Frankensteining a box for a $5 profit isn't always the greatest feeling. Yeah, and if if you're getting like regular board games, though, the best box is the a large flat rate box. Have you seen those, the game board boxes? Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, they're free from the post office. I usually charge seventeen ninety nine because it's around that cost. But, you know, if people really want the board game, it's worth it. Yeah. But if you find a game that you're not making a lot of profit, probably, probably not. So, and you know, the nice thing about the puzzle was I still was able to do box in a bag. I actually went international. That was crazy. That's why, again, international GSP, uh, whether you do international or you do GSP, like don't sleep on global sales either this Q4. Because again, if there's a break in the supply chains here, so for example, right now there's an item that's retail arbitrage that I've picked up hundreds of units and the other stores that I've called and see if they have any of this product, they don't have this product because for whatever reason, the item has not arrived to port. So I don't know if it's because of COVID, I don't know what's going on, but there's a break in the supply chain. So if individuals can't get certain things in their own country, they're going to go to eBay Right, they're gonna try to find a way to get those items shipped to them. So yeah, list also if you're not listing, if you're listing but you're not listing globally, that's something else. I, I strongly recommend. I strongly encourage you to. Do. All right, I wanted to talk about this too. Um, so I've been talking about Q4 and you know sales are kicking in and and on Amazon, what I'm seeing right now is rankings are dropping fast. So I had items I was sourcing two weeks ago that had about a hundred thousand rank, and these were items I knew would sell. Like I had no question would sell. And within two weeks, they're now in the 20,000 range. And I anticipate that in the next two weeks, they're probably going to get down to the 10,000 rank and then eventually get possibly lower. But remember, anything on Amazon that's less than 10,000 rank, it's going to sell within the week. Anything that's within a thousand, you know, less than a thousand rank, a few days. Anything less than a thousand is going to sell within the day, within hours. All right. So, Keep an eye. Stuff is going. I've never seen stuff sell so soon in my entire, you know, eight year career or whatever. I think it's 10 now. I don't remember what it is, but in a while on Amazon. And so I've already begun, you know, I had mentioned about sending FBA shipments. Like this is one of my looking forward to next week. I already sent in a, I, I believe I sent in like 25 boxes last week because I, I was like, why am I going to wait? If things are selling now and they're going to fly out of the warehouse and not cause me a lot, cause me to pay a lot of fees, I'm just going to send it now. So, so be aware of that. Any weird stories? Uh, yeah, I mean, a little weird. This is kind of a weird one in the sense that it's, it's got a bit of a backstory and then, um, and then kind of an interesting thing that happened on eBay. So, uh, my wife bought for, um, a, like a family friend of ours, their daughter was having a birthday and she's really into like Beetlejuice and that kind of stuff. Like she's super into like the kind of fun, dark stuff. And so we bought like a Funko pop off Amazon, like a Funko pop. And we tried to buy like the one that had the Beetlejuice picture on it. My wife bought it. She wasn't paying attention to that. What they sent was just like a miscellaneous one. They would just send like a random one of that they had. Were they just like a variation listing and like? Yeah. So, well, I'm not even actually 100 percent sure how it was set, but it was like they had like pictures of all of these Funko pins, and then they would like have like the main one was like three pins, and then it was like you know buy this, and then you'll get the, these pins, and we just assumed it was those pins, but then when you read the description, it's like you'll receive it was either two or three random pins from the Funko line. Huh. Right. So we didn't actually end up getting any of the ones we wanted. So we ended up just listing them on eBay. And the idea was just, you know, instead of returning it, you know, we'll probably break even, make a few bucks on these. Um, I think we bought, I think it was three Funko pins. One of them was good. Like a, it wasn't the, the Beetlejuice one, but it was one that we thought she'd be interested in. So we gave it to her. Uh, but we were, it, it was pretty relatively inexpensive. I think you got like three pins for like 10 or 12 bucks or something. And so we listed this one for, I think, 15 and 
it, it's been up for a while. A couple of people have offered. It's been lowball offers. And we're just like, no, we're not going to take a lowball offer. Finally, we had a, another lowball offer come back in. And so we were doing back and forth um, like offers. They offered like five bucks and it had, I don't know, four ninety nine shipping or something on it. And so we're like, man, you know, how about we'll do we'll do like eight. And they came back with seven fifty. And we're like, fine, whatever, right? Like, so we we took a seven fifty offer. So no big deal. We're just thinking, okay, we'll break even on these pins. This will kind of pay for them. And so we sell them for seven fifty. And then like five minutes later, the person requests to cancel. So we're like, all right, well, we'll cancel. Then like five minutes after the cancel, they sent another offer for eight dollars. Mm. And it was like, what in the world is going on? Right? Like they denied our eight dollar offer. Anyways, when they asked their cancel, they said they didn't for whatever reason they didn't want it. They just requested cancel. Then their response when they came back with the $8 offer was, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cancel that. I'll give you eight if you'll give me eight for it. Right. Like, so like they came almost like apologizing back. What I think happened is they thought they could buy it cheaper somewhere else. They thought they found it somewhere else cheaper. And so they canceled the order and then realized probably after shipping, it wasn't going to be cheaper. Yeah. But they felt bad coming back and, and saying like, well, you do the 750 offer again. Right. Cause they basically, we accepted it. Then they turned it down and then they had to kind of come back. And it's like, they came back with like, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of something on the table. Like, we'll go up to your eight. Please just sell it to us for eight. So um, oh I, part of me was like, do we, just, over dollars. do we just counter offer backup? And that's what I mean. It's just, it wasn't a big deal, but it's just funny. The fact that like they, we originally accepted their 750 and then they ended up paying us the eight. Right. So just kind of a funny story. Um, not a big deal, but um, you know, I, I, I had a little bit of respect for that, that they didn't just come back asking, oh, will you do the 750 again? But they kind of recognize like, hey. I put you through a little bit of nonsense, so I'll pay you the eight. So, yeah. so I had a guilt. Yeah. I had a guilt to give you 50 cents. That's right. So, yeah. so it's, you know, I had shared about GSP last time, eBay Global Shipping Program, and how in our last update episode, I had somebody in Russia who didn't want to share their taxpayer information and they were scared. And, and, you know, the item was held at a certain location. Well, I had another similar situation. And it made me grateful for doing eBay's global shipping program. Again, if international standard delivery is working for you, go for it. I'm not, I'm not trying to diss it. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just, it's not my preference. And this is one of the reasons. So I had a pair of cowboy boots. They were lizard exotic, uh, Tony llamas. Uh, and they I think they were take you lizard if I remember. And you know, I have my GSP on and, and it's always weird. Whenever I get a message that comes in and says, Hey, I, I want to buy this item. Do you ship to this country? And I always, I always used to wonder what that meant. And usually what that means is they cannot buy that item from you. For whatever reason, eBay has blocked that item, right? So it, it's, not, it's not that you have something messed up in your settings. It's the fact that for a reason, now it could be a glitch. We do have glitches on eBay. That does happen. But for a reason, if you're doing eBay Global Shipping Program, they they do not allow an individual to buy it, and so they messaged me. They said, "Hey, can you uh, can I can you send this to me?" I'm like, "Sure, no problem. I do eBay's global shipping program. Just send me an offer, or or just pay outright, and we'll, we'll go from there." And then I don't hear anything. And then like five minutes later, I get a message like, "Actually, eBay's not allowing me to buy it. Um, would you be willing to sell it to me privately?" And I think what they meant is, you know, off the GSP program. And so I started looking it up and I couldn't find anything definitive on UK and importing of exotic leathers and all that. But I've had it before where I've sent stuff GSP and they never made it out out of customs. 
Like they were just stuck, right? If for a reason it was, you know, against the law or it was on an endangered species list or whatever the case may be. So it made me grateful again for eBay GSP because it takes the guesswork away from me. Like I don't have to worry about, hey, if I send this pair of boots, is it going to be stuck in customs? Are people going to have to pay extra fees? Because if you go international standard delivery, right, part of that equation is that, yes, it allows you to send stuff for cheaper with tracking, but the fees and everything aren't paid until it gets to the individual and and that individual doesn't find out until it gets to this location from everything that I've read about international standard delivery. So two things here. If you're scared about doing eBay global shipping, this should again validate to you that like, hey, it, it's pretty safe. Like once it gets to Kentucky, you don't have to worry about it. You're It's done. At the same time, it safeguards you from sending to areas where package may get lost and may get held up in customs and you may lose money because if I send it through international standard delivery, I could have been in a situation I would have, let's say it did all work out. Let's say, because eBay does have some guarantees in there. They do have some buyer buyer and seller protection on there, but still the amount of time you have to spend on the phone and try to figure stuff out, to me, it wasn't worth it. Actually, these were like a pair of $35 uh, boots and, and the only reason that they were so cheap is because they had extensive wear and for me, I was like, thank goodness. Like I didn't waste an hour. I didn't spend time messaging eBay. It just, it didn't happen. And that was it. It was done. Now I did have another boot scenario, not GSP. So I have these pair of uh, boots that sell for, for good money. So they are a pair of Lucchese boots and they were $320 sale. Now this is the second time I've sold this pair of boots and it hurts because they've both been returned each time. And I don't know, maybe I'm throwing this out there for a solution. So here's the deal. So I got these boots. These are women's boots, like they're Lucchese Diva. There's no question that whether these are men's or women's boots. And usually women's shoe sizes run smaller. Well, for a reason, these boots are like super wide, but on the measurement, it doesn't say anything. So the first time I sent it out, I was like, yes, I made $300. No, it wasn't $300. I made $290 sale. You know, a nice profit. I paid, I think, uh, I want to say 80 bucks for these boots. You know, she messaged me back. These don't fit. I get them back. I'm like, ouch, because that hurts. $290 return, like that hurts. So then what I do every time I end up getting a return, I list what I just sold for more money. And the reason I do that is the savvy buyer who looks up sold comps is going to see the exact same item sell for a certain number. So you can actually sell it for more because they're like, hey, that's the going rate. So I raised the price up to, I believe, uh, $350. I put it on sale, ended up selling for $320. But this is what I like about eBay. And I've always said this about eBay buyers, that eBay buyers are very good about not dropping the hammer right away. Like on Amazon, you'll get all kinds of craziness where people are like, defective, and it's not defective. Or you'll get people that'll just be malicious. And it's like, why, why didn't you just message me? We're on eBay. You know, this buyer actually contacted me and says, Hey, I love these boots. I want them to work out. What's your return policy? I'm going to try to get an extra pair of socks to see if, if it's better with two pairs of socks. Well, like, that's, that's eBay. Like, that's why I tell people to start on eBay because, the, you know, usually buyers are pretty understanding. Well, unfortunately, it didn't work out. And uh, yeah, I got the, you know, return requested. It didn't fit. So $300, $320 return plus the shipping on top of that. Because could I have not returned them the original shipping money? I could have because if it doesn't fit, you don't have to. But for me, it's good customer service. 
in the end, I knew that these boots were may have been issue. I just was, I just wanted to, I wanted them to go away. So what I'm probably going to do, and, and if you have a different suggestion is I'm probably going to list these at the right size, but I'm going to put wide. I'm just going to put wide just so, you know, the person that gets it is already expecting and maybe the right person will buy it. I don't know if there's any other solutions, let me know. Uh, I just, now I need to list these boots for even higher. Now I think I'm going to list them for 380 because I have good comps on there and, you know, try to make my money back. So anyways, I don't know if they're random stories, but I'm sure many of you have faced the same frustration. So, you know, those, that's the deal. The higher end stuff, when you sell it, you also get higher end returns, which cost you more money, but it is what it is. It's part of the game. So it's good. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready for <laughs> the moment that everybody's been waiting for, where we bring you the most breaking of breaking news. Things that are just now breaking. They were whole and now they're broken because we're going to talk about it. Trust, the it tr- <laughs> trusted news source. Actually, there's there's a lot of stuff going on right now. So I kind of I kind of contemplated about contacting Mike and saying, should we have a special episode about item specific gate? Because we're now in part two of this. Like last year, we had the scenario where all of these item specifics were required, but it actually was a glitch. Right. And it fell at the same time that the whole promoted listing, you know, drama happened. So everybody was on edge. This is crazy. I can't believe we have to do this. But this time around, it's legitimate. It's real. Like in the Fossiler update, we glanced over it. It actually had several paragraphs that in October, they're going to start requiring more item specifics. So a lot of us were kind of like, well, you know, we probably filled all the important information. And we're good to go. And next thing you know, you get a ton of listings that need to be corrected. Now, how many did you come up? I mean, you have a store about close to 500. How many did you yeah, end up with? It was, it was several hundred. Was, several was, hundred it, with the 500. Yeah, it was like, I, I want to say it was at least 200. Okay. Close to 200, yeah. So yeah. I guess several, couple, couple might be better. Yeah, that that is, <laughs> that's that's rough, right? Yeah. I ended up with 1130. That's that's really bad. you know what was scary was that initially it was like a hundred, mm. the next time I checked it was four hundred, and then it just dropped a thousand. Now, if you look at these, they're not crazy item specifics. Like one of them is department. So you just have to put men. Another one is I think another one is like what type of item. So I sell a lot of sports fan apparel or fan and souvenirs. So I didn't have it filled in that it was a hat or it was a jacket or it was, you know, whatever it is. Some of them, the material ones are the ones that I str- now I have to go back and I have to, because I don't put pictures of what material the items made up. I just put it in my description. So I actually have to like use my MacBook and use either my phone or somehow where I can go to my description, my items. Now, I do have a tip, which most of you probably know. Uh, have you tried fixing this at all? Uh, we haven't started fixing it yet, no. Okay, so I had mentioned the podcast before OptiSeller. So OptiSeller is an option. Now, I tried using OptiSeller, but here's a couple issues I had with OptiSeller. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you go to eBay uh, seller community, you go to the forum there, you go to Seller News, you scroll a little bit, it tells you that you have this tool, third-party software called OptiSeller that is available to the end of December to be able to update listings. Now, I ran a report. Here's the thing. It was easy to run the report when I had required items for maybe, you know, three, 400 items. 
if you have more than a thousand, it takes a while. I think it took about 36 hours to run the report. And then I finally got the report. Then I downloaded the report. But then the report, it wasn't, it wasn't as functional as I thought it'd be. So I'm like, okay, there has to be other options. So I looked and eBay had talked about if you go to your listings page on the right side of your active listings, there's two options and everybody should have access to this if you have an eBay store. And it, I think this was the easiest way to go. It really helped me out a lot. A lot of you already know what I'm talking about, but if you don't, just it's really simple. You just got to get into the software and figure it out. So you go to eBay, you go to your listings, you go to the right side, and there's two links at the very top of your listings. Uh, one of them is download and one of them is upload. And so what you do is you click on the download. And then when you click on that download, it'll say missing required or recommended item specific. So right now, I have 1,631 listings I have to fix. Oof. Now, here's the thing. It has both required or recommended. So you can choose. But here's the beauty of it. You download it. So you hit that button and, and it allows you to download. And then you choose. So I, I ran this on a few of them. Now, it's only going to run it on the items that are on that page. So you have only about you know so many items. So for instance, belt buckles. Here's another easy one. Actually, not on that page. It's it's gonna show you all of it, right? So I picked belt buckles, right? And and the fix on belt buckles is kind of strange. Is some of it they want you to put department, and they just want you to put that it's a buckle. So it's really nice because what it does is it, it downloads an Excel spreadsheet. So right now I'm I'm just doing this live on the podcast. So you go to the Excel spreadsheet, and it pulls up the spreadsheet. And it has color coded. So red item indicates missing required item specific. Blue is indicates missing recommended item specific. Yellow indicates missing item specific that will be required soon. So I'm looking at all this, right? And one of them, right? It's crazy. It wants color for my buckles. Like that's going to be annoying. Like that's what I mean. But it is what it is. Now here's what's nice. So if you go to department, right? All my buckles for the most part are men's buckles. So you know how it works on spreadsheet, right? You just type in the word. And then eventually, once you put in the the first letter, you can just do it for all of them, right? And I think there is there a fill. Yeah, you just grab the bottom right corner of of one of them and drag it down. So like right here, no, bottom right corner of the cell itself. Of the cell itself. Okay. Well, you can show me later. Yeah. But <laughs> listen to what Mike said. But here's the thing: it's really it makes it go really fast, way faster than OptiSeller, way faster than doing it on the app. But here's here's the catch. So when you upload, you have an Excel file. You have to convert it to a .csv file, right? So what that means is you go to File, you go to Save As, and then you have your options. Yeah, comma-separated value, I think, is what it's... This is the one I use. Yeah. I don't know. I use CSV. CSV. And so what will happen is it'll give you the screen. It'll say, this workbook cannot be saved in a selected file format because it contains multiple sheets. I just put OK, whatever. Anyways, I'm going to deal with this later. But what you'll notice is when you go back to the upload page on your active listings and you click upload item specific file, it's going to tell you, please convert the item specific template that you downloaded to CSV format before uploading. So just you got to go through this once, maybe twice, maybe three times. But once you go through it a few times, it's really easy. And so I, I did this and I already was getting I know I still have a lot to do. But I wanted to do a trial run and I wanted to make sure I gave you valid information. So I felt that this was the fastest way to do things. 
I, I don't know if OptiSeller is optimal, no pun intended. Um, I, I would say if you do it on your phone, I mean, it depends how many listings you have, but this this makes it really easy. And here's the, here's the other catch. You don't have to do this till February, right? So I, I messaged the eBay for Business podcast. So if you don't know about the eBay for Business, not, not podcast, eBay for Business Facebook page is the best resource out of all of them. So you message them and they get back to you like within hours. So I, I mentioned to them, I said, hey, <laughs> I said, I said, some of them were department uh, categories, which already were listed in the men's category, which is tr- strange. Like, why couldn't eBay transfer the fact that they're in the men's category and just fill it in as men for all the departments? Right. That would make sense. Yeah. I guess if you're thinking like a store, like there's multiple departments, so there's like home goods and there's right. Is that like what it's saying? Like, well, it's you have category. Like when you do the listing, right? Category, men's, casual shirts. Right. Right. So you would think the department would automatically just be a given that they could easily transfer it to make it men's. Yeah. Unless they're wanting like, I mean, how specific are they wanting department? Are they wanting like men's formal wear? No, I, oh, I hope, I hope not. I mean, but you can put <laughs> whatever you want there, right? Like yeah. you can just put like, you could put a random word in for all of those and like, yeah, I just worry that it's not going to, it's not going to help you in the, in the search, but, but they probably could run an algorithm to kick those out. Really? But like, if you just put NA for them, you think they're going to do that? You could. Well, what if you put like a word that's like a real word, just like for, for material, for your buckle, you just put metal or color metal. Oh, no, no. Trust me. I'm putting metal. I mean, unless I know it's brass, I'm putting metal, you know, but I, I messaged eBay for business on, uh, on Facebook, which I strongly recommend. So if you have concierge, you're able to get to people on the phone, but most, most of you don't. Right. So this is the best option right now, which I've always said is odd that since eBay is doing so well, they, they would be able to answer the phone. Anyways, okay. So they said, hey, Orlando, thanks for reaching out. The required tune feature was announced in our fall seller update, which I knew they were going to tell me this. And it just meant to be heads up for now as you create or update listings. We will be enforcing required item specifics in February 2021. From now until that time, you can simply update your listings as you go and use the item specifics download slash upload Excel file from your active listings page or edit item specifics in bulk from your active listings page. All right. So I would say do it, obviously get these done as soon as possible. But part of me is like, realistically, this is going to be another one of those. You have to be on managed payments where they're going to say, we're going to, we're going to start enforcing this in February. What are they going to do? Kick off 30% of their listings off there, of their there's website. There's still people that aren't on managed payments. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> they're, they, if they end up saying like, well, we're not going to, if you don't have this done, we're pulling your listing. Well, if that's 10, 15, 20% of their listings are haven't been updated yet, there's no way they're just going to jump and say, we're going to cut all these because that's revenue for them. I think they're just going to like, they're, they're going to do the beg and please, right? Like, please get on managed payment. We're going to enforce it. No, we're serious now. Okay. I, I know okay. we told you we were serious last time, but this time we're really, really serious. Like I can see that they would make it mandatory for new listings, but I, I, I would just, I, I have a hard time believing that, that there's going to be serious ramifications for not having it done in time. Now, that's not me saying don't do it in time. Do it, um, especially as if it's going to help you in the algorithm. But I can't imagine that they're going to want to shoot themselves in the foot and pull a bunch of listings or push your stuff down if it's think, actually a sellable think, item. See, I think they will. I, I'm For me, it's usually when... And again, this is conspiracy. There is no truth to what I'm saying. I mean, well, every conspiracy has some truth. Right? But here's the thing. If they want you to do something, right... It tends to help you in the search. I'm not the only, I've, I've seen some other YouTubers and other resellers say the same that, yeah, it's not required till February, but 
it's very possible that the algorithm, not eBay itself, the algorithm is going to push your item higher because they're going to find those item specifics and it's going to be more to the liking of whoever's searching and it's going to push your stuff up. So you can wait till February. I'm going to try to get this done in the next week. I just, because with the spreadsheet, it's really not that hard and you can get, I mean, I cranked out you know, about, about close to a hundred within, you know, five minutes right now I have about 1300. So if I do the math, it is going to take me some time, right? Not too much time. Right. And especially if I do what you said with the Excel and drag the cell, like that's going to make it even faster. Right. So anyway, so check that out. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they, they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your, your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to Sellhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, PureHustle25. 25. All right. I wanted to talk on a lighter note. So, Pan, you, you mentioned you worked in a card shop, right? With Pokemon. Yeah. My first job, I was 11 years old. Um, my mom came home from a work party and I, it was like late. I had a babysitter. And so it was already like one o'clock in the morning and I was like still kind of up and I had to go to bed. She's like, I, but I got good news for you in the morning. I'm going to tell you. And I thought for sure she was going to tell me that I'm going to get to go to space camp because I really wanted to go to space camp. But instead in the morning, she said, 
my 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 boss's husband owns a card shop and you can work there and you'll be able to make I think it was like $15 per Saturday and I worked or maybe yes yeah, $15 per day and I worked Friday evenings and Saturdays all day so I made like 30 bucks a weekend and honestly it was like the dream job because yeah. I was really into Pokemon and all I did cuz he was he had a, a, a like a, a collectible card store so he sold baseball cards and basketball cards and sports memorabilia and he had a little section for Pokemon. He knew this was hot and he knew people were buying huh. it, but he didn't know anything about Pokemon. He's like, you know Pokemon. And when when moms come in and want to buy their kids stuff, I don't know what to tell them. So like all I did was, and I'd clean the shop when nobody was there and stuff, but I got to kind of sit there and play with Pokemon cards and talk to people about Pokemon cards. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was the deal. And I remember back then the card everybody was looking for was the holographic Charizard. And we actually had a couple in cases that were like graded um, you know, if we had really good cards, he would do it with like his basketball and baseball cards, but he'd send them off to the place and get graded. But this was back when, um, well, well, I can't remember the name of the Beckett, I think was the oh, books. Yeah. And so they still do grading. That's the second grading. Yeah. But, but that's, it was like really before the internet and since, I mean, the internet was around, but, um, people like you, you weren't just looking up values of stuff. Like you had to like, we would pull yeah, out the these catalog. catalogs. Yeah. yeah so I remember the like, catalog. How much is this worth? And then, you know, people would come in and trade and get store credit for stuff. And so I was in charge of like they'd bring these cards to me and I'd, I would know based off of the type of cards, how much I can give them. But if it was like the really rare cards and I'd look up in, in the Beckett, like, okay, this is a holographic Bulbasaur. How much is this for? And I'd kind of, I do like semi grades myself. Like, well, this is definitely not a good one, but like we would, and then I'd give them like 25% of Mike that. had his own, like, it just said on the top, this Graded is not a good one. <laughs> this is not very good. Not very good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, Pokemon was a big part of my childhood for sure. Yeah, and it's it is skyrocketing. And so I always I always say pay attention to culture, right? Because culture very much tells you like what is going on, what's hot. And you know, there's some big pretty big YouTubers and rappers and so on now that are like all into this. So I always see the pinnacle of something when you know you have major influencers. So and you know, I'm not saying here that I'm a fan of Logan Paul or, or that I, you know, I'm saying you should follow, but he did a he did a live opening was it first edition base booster pack i don't know all the language now it was genius so he paid two hundred thousand dollars for this box i think there's like 36 packs i could be wrong and then he sold each pack for eleven thousand one hundred eleven dollars so if you, if you do the math right he already made profit right and i think i have my i think i think it was there was 20 packs in there i could be wrong. i can't remember what it was there's usually 36 in a in okay a, sorry so it box. was 36 and it was 36 so he already made his profit and he, you know, anybody could have bought it. Like I even for a moment considered dropping 11 K on a pack because oh, I would have never talked to you again. Why? But what if, what if I killed What if I end up getting the Charizard? Somebody got the Charizard on. So here's what happened. So Logan Paul bought this for $200,000, right? He hypes it up. He has millions of viewers, right? Big deal. You know, and you had all kinds of other influencers about a pack like uh, Graham Stefan. If you watch him, he talks about finance on YouTube. Gary V bought one. Uh, Mr. Beast bought one. Like all these influencers. So you know what happens when that happens? The prices go outrageous, right? Because now it's cool, right? And so actually some, uh, I don't know. I want to know how you become a Pokemon analyst. Like I really want, I really, I mean, I think it's cool. So a Pokemon analyst said, Revealed how popular YouTuber Logan Paul has impacted the trading card game. Since showing off his collection, prices have continued to boom in demand. And it's true. I've been seeing some cards that within two weeks have doubled in price. 
It is outrageous. And actually, on this live, I think he pulled that Charizard and it's worth like $200,000. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. And then this hit the news too. Uh, this uh, rapper Logic dropped $226,000 on the Charizard. It's it's graded 10. Yeah. And that's the thing too, though. It's like when they open those boxes, the moment they open that card and take it out, already there's like a 99% chance it's it's not going to get anywhere close to a 10. Right, yeah. like the well, no, it's scary because if you on the live, like he's opening it and people are like, get your thumb off the corner, get yeah. your thumb no, off yeah. the corner. It's 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 insane. Now, one thing I know about, and and this is a little bit off topic, but I mean, there's only so much you could talk about. I feel like with a craze like this, because I think this is just this is just kind of a flash in the pan. But I, I but if you have Pokemon cards, yeah, yeah, look. if you got the old school OG, I mean, I wish I had them, but I mean, those were like, like you know, people when our parents would tell us, like, yeah, I had a whatever rookie baseball card we just, and we would stick them in our, in the, in the spokes of our wheels. Like that's what we did. Like we had Pokemon cards and they were not treated well um, because they were, they were cheap. We loved them, but you, they, they were made for playing. They were kids toy. Um, but playing magic. One thing I learned as I got more into, like I actually had money and I could buy, you know, cards and packs and boxes is when you buy a booster box um, and people who buy boxes, like this still happens to this day. Like I know this seems like kind of new in the sense of like, Oh, like this, these box openings, but but card shops do this all the time because they're hunting for certain rares. So mm-hmm. they know certain cards are going to be more valuable, specifically like with magic, like in play, like there's certain cards that are going to like make an impact in the current standard, like variation of the game. And so those are worth money. But the way the the, the sheets of cards are printed um, in like patterns. So there's only so many patterns before it repeats and then the cards get cut and then boxed. And so once, if you are somebody who actually understands the patterns, if you open up the first couple of packs in a booster box and you know the pattern, you know what every single yeah. card in that box yeah. is. True. Right? And so you know, like, this pack will have this card in it. Yeah, they were talking about that on that live. They're like, hey, we already pulled these two, and so chances are on the next one we're going to pull this one. Yeah. And so if you know the the cut and the pattern, um, and it's pretty consistent, because like I said, it's it's they print out sheets of these cards and then cut them and then just automatically like pack them. There's like a machine that does it all. And so there's, there's only going to be so many variations. Um, and so once you, you pull and you know what variation you have, like I, I, I watched that little clip that you showed me of that when they're like, we pulled our first Charizard and it's like, you're not going to pull another one in that box. Like you're just yeah. not like, and they knew that, but that person bid 11, got a pack for 11,000. Now they have Almost two hundred thousand. Yeah, and everybody else like paid eleven thousand dollars for for twenty dollars worth of cards. I don't know. There some some people like even there's like a what is it? Yellow cheeks Pikachu is worth like two to three thousand or something. I don't know. I I'm not trying to sound like an expert. I have no idea. Like I was talking with Mike about this, and when Pokemon was big, I was going to college, mm. and so it just wasn't my thing. Where Mike like that was your that that was around your age range, right? So it, it's just kind of odd now. This is what I'll say. Pay attention to culture because, you know, how this Logan Paul thing went down is Gary V. Again, I mentioned Gary V. Gary V. I really believe can move markets like his influence. He may. I mean, he has five million uh, followers, I believe, on YouTube and Instagram all combined, which isn't isn't massive. There's some Instagram influencers that have, you know, 50 million or 100 million. And then there's people on TikTok that uh, around the same. But here's the thing. Gary V, he was talking about basketball cards and we we brought this up on the podcast. I want to say a year ago, maybe six, eight months ago about how basketball cards were going to be hot. Right. And they're and they're happening. And and I didn't jump in because, you know, I I, I like I, I have a feeling that like it's very speculative 
and it's it's a lot of time and if it's fun do it it's just it's not my thing right and then with this Gary V had texted or direct message Logan Paul and said hey by the way Pokemon cards are hot you should get into this da 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 so as a result of that Logan Paul got into it started researching started buying all these cards blah 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 and now as a result of that text from Gary V to Logan Paul to YouTube to now being on the news all the prices are skyrocketing, right? And now there's uh, new sets coming out of Pokemon in January. And now people are like, should we hold on to these sets? And da 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 da. No. Well, I'm not saying yet, nope. but you know, you know what's killing me about all this? And I was talking to people on the DMs is that how many things in the 90s did we have as kids that we thought, like, we didn't think, hey, this is going to be worth a lot of money. You t- we're talking about Beckett catalogs. Like, the way you research cards now is on eBay. Yep. Isn't that wild? It's wild. And again, to me, it shows that eBay continues to be a dominant platform because eBay got a lot of free press. Like this, the auctions for these cars are all happening on eBay and uh, keep listening on eBay. Just saying. All right. So enough about, I'm just, I thought it was cool. I was really fun to watch people unload cars and you're like, you slowly see the card coming up. You're like, what? You know, and it just, it was, I thought it was pretty cool. So all right. Hey, let's get to some serious stuff. So, hey, eBay has gone back to, uh, you know how they were being really cool about shipping and if, if stuff doesn't get there on time, like it doesn't count against you. Now, they're pulling back on some of that because I guess things are getting better. I know a lot of people are going to disagree on that. I, I think there's validity to disagreeing with that. Uh, but what they're saying is if you shipped on time and it doesn't get there on time, you're still okay. But if you don't ship on time, it's going to count against you. Where before it was, hey, because of COVID, you know, everybody's going through a lot. And if you promise you're going to ship, you know, same day, but you get to it the next day or the day after, that's okay. Like that's going away. So be aware of that. Because, you know, even now I checked out my metrics. I actually had one item that I, you know, you ever pack something and you put one item to the side and then you grab everything to go to the post office and then you get back home and hours later you're just chilling. You're like, huh? Oh, yeah. I never dropped that box off. Has that ever happened to you? Is it just me? Yeah, I'm sure there's been times where we've uh, we've forgot a package somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyways, and I shipped it late. It, it, it dinged me on my seller metrics. And then within a couple of days, it was gone. Mm. Right. So maybe they're slowly bringing this in, but just be aware of that. All right. Hey, this is exciting. Go, talking about, you know, hot stuff here eBay is now going to be doing sneaker authentication nice. for any shoes above a hundred dollars. Now at first I was like, this is good and bad. Do you see any bad in this? Is it just me? Well, I mean, I don't know the whole program. Like you have to send it in to get it authenticated. Correct. So is the, and this is an optional thing. This isn't like mandatory. No, it's mandatory. So it's going to be mandatory. So if you sell sneakers that cost more than a hundred dollars, you have to send them in to get authenticated. Yeah. So let me, let me read to you. From shipping the, free. Yeah. So, uh, no, you ship it like normal, but instead it goes to, so here it goes. When a sneaker purchase is made, the seller ships it directly to eBay's independent third-party authentication facility for a comprehensive multi-point physical inspection. Following this rigor assessment, rigorous assessment, the sneakers are sent via expedited shipping to the buyer. So with that, they'll get a proof of authentication. Uh, they'll get uh, the third-party authentication and then 
It's a, there's something about returns. For sellers who choose to offer returns, eBay sneaker authentication program ensures the exact item initially sold is returned to the seller via a verified returns process. Returns are shipped back directly to the authentication center where the third-party experts verify each item and its condition before returning to the seller. Yeah. That is nice. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing is it's going to, if it doesn't cost, if it's not like a fee, an additional fee we have to pay for it, the nice thing is it's going to provide customer like like peace of mind they know when they buy expensive sneakers on eBay that they're getting the real deal. It might slow down shipping, right? So imagine I'm shipping it just literally the town over and it's going to take a day to get there, but now it has to go to this other place and then to them. So delayed shipping might be an issue. Um, and then like, what kind of cost is this going to be to eBay? Is this something, I mean, I can't Are imagine going to be paying fees again. Cause there's no yeah. fees on a hundred dollars and over right now. Yeah. So I can only imagine that they're going to, they've, they've got it. They're not going to provide this unless, one, the amount of additional customers it's going to bring in because they feel confident is going to offset the cost of them providing the service. Or two, they're going to pass that cost on to sellers. And that might not just be just sneaker sellers too. Like they might do a fee on sneaker sellers, but they might just raise little fees for everybody across the board to cover this new program, right? So that could be a negative. But I think... So I, I was thinking everything you thought, right? And so... Uh, Wayne Kway Shop on Instagram, who's a great listener from you know, I think from day one, from day one, and so oh wow, I th I thought he changed his, his Instagram tag. So, so I was going back and forth with him because I said, yeah, we're gonna talk about some podcasts, good and bad, and he's like, bad, like what's bad, and so so Wayne thought he said something really great. He said, I'm glad because no fees for selling and authentication, eBay will dominate the shoe market, which is true because this is what GOAT does. This is what StockX does, right? So again, I'm I'm saying eBay, they're, they're kicking it up. I don't know if it's because of the new CEO. I don't know what's going on, but eBay is definitely moving forward. Now, there's there's a lot of things that you know we all wish would be fixed, right? But I see this as a good thing because GOAT and StockX does this and he was mentioning to me, he sent me pictures. He goes, sometimes there's these shoe drops, right? That happen. These like Yeezys are the most like fake shoes out there. And what happens with Yeezys or Nike shoes that the real ones on StockX are selling for 2000, right? But you can't sell them on eBay for 2000 because there's a bunch of fakes in the market and they're selling them for like four to $500. And so people, when they go by, unless they really, really want to pay up, you know, they're, they're, they're dealing with the fake ones or they'll just go to StockX and go. Now this is going to divert more sellers and not more sell. Yeah. It's going to divert more sellers and it's going to divert more buyers to eBay and it's going to fix that scenario. Right. So I'm really digging this because I've had some really expensive shoes that I've shipped out and I always worry that I'm going to get a fake back because there are some really good fakes out there. So, Hey, Wayne, Kway shop. Thanks for bringing me back down to earth and being real with me about that. So I'm excited about this. I think it's a good move. And, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, this starts sooner. It's supposed to be at the beginning of 2021. So we're not going to see it over Q4, but I think it's a good thing. I wanted to share something that was really awesome. So Greg Perry has already shared with us some <laughs> amazing knowledge. Remember, he was the guy that talked about, uh, being able to have something that is, using a black background, but still making it white mm. so you can get an mm. algorithm. So he was listening to our podcast. This is Greg Perry again on, on Instagram. Um, great resource. He runs an advanced eBay level uh, group. And he's like, you can share this for free. And I'm like, all right, like, thanks. This is good stuff. So, you know, how I mentioned with the 
thermal printers, how you can print like the website that people can go to for labels. Mm -hmm. And so he sends me a video and he goes, why don't you just do a QR code? Yeah. Put a QR code on the, uh, yeah. Why didn't I think about that? Because he, he, in his video, he goes, he I goes, assume that's what you meant when you said you were putting it on. No, a, I was talking about the web, web address. Oh, just like putting the HTML. Yeah. HTTP. Which could be like 39 letters yeah. or you could have lowercase and uppercase issues yeah. or backslash or forward slash. And I, you know, I appreciate all of you. Like I've gotten feedback, you know, sometimes it's negative, but I'm okay with the negative feedback because it helps us grow, helps reflect. And sometimes we just dismiss it because it's whatever, like you had a bad day and you wanted to be mean to us. I mean, that happens. Okay. But this is really good. So he had, he talks about, you know, getting a QR code. And so now when a buyer gets the item, they just got to make sure they have a QR code reader on their phone and just scan it. And it'll take them right to the manual. Wow. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, a lot of board games do that now. Like you get board games and there's some that are pretty funny, like they're tongue in cheek. Like some of them are like, manuals are for losers. Watch this video instead and it's a QR code, right? Or or we're saving space in the box. Find our manual here and it's a QR code. So yeah, I think it's a, a genius idea. Um, and the nice thing with the thermal printers is it doesn't cost you really anything, maybe half a cent or less to uh, to print one of those out and and either stick it on something in the box or just even with the label, just rip it off and keep the... Just the, put it on the item. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's just a nice little touch. So it's good. All right. And uh, just a couple other things. Uh, so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying like this is like this is what you should do, but I am... I, I don't think I'm going to be running software to find hot items this year. And this is why. So I keep seeing news stories about they're called scalper groups right but these are discord groups right or they're also now the new term is cook groups they're cooking and you know it sounds edgy it sounds edgy but you know you read some of this and and we and we've been you know we've we've interviewed people and we've been on shows with people that are part of these groups and again i have nothing against these groups i think if it helps you level up like do it like i'm not against it and we've always worn like there's the ups and downs, but I thought this was interesting. So medium.com, I don't know, you know, they're, I don't know what kind of news site they are, but they had an interesting story and they said, they're talking about the pitfall for e-commerce. And I just want to read something real quick. They said, although it's easy to blame bots for the program or the problem, the trade is also about resellers sharing intos, especially early links to e-commerce sites, hosting hot items, which can give them another edge over normal consumers. So they talk about a story. I had a link. I saw the product was live. I posted the link and told my users to purchase. They purchased and that's where they see value in our groups, said Ava, who also runs a cook group with a thousand members. And that's the part where I had a problem. <laughs> I read that. I'm like a thousand. So you think about it. There's an Amazon listing. It's a hot item. A thousand people are given this information. Now, it doesn't mean all of them are going to run with this information, but even if 10%, a hundred people, right? So I'm going old school. I'm going to go to stores that are not online and that's where I'm probably going to do a lot of sourcing. Yeah. And then the other thing too is the bummer is imagine you're out there and you're scanning, you're scanning, you're grinding, you find an item and it's a hot item and it happens to be one that ends up on a cook group. Oh, that would be a bummer. Oh, it, it's, this is why. So, and I, we have a whole episode devoted to social media and reselling coming up here. 
But if you caught pre-rolls of podcasts in the early days, I used to do a lot of retail arbitrage. I never shared what I picked up, but I, sh- I-, I shared what stores. And I would share like Keepa charts. And I've shared the story before how people, even with, through that, were able to figure out what I picked up. And that's why if you watch our Instagram, I don't do a lot of that anymore because it's not only like that one or two you know, people that figured out people are really smart. But if that one or one or two individuals are in a cook group, you're in a whole another ballgame, right? You're, you're not talking about like a, a group of like 20. You're talking about thousands potentially that can get on this thing. So just be careful about Q4. And here's another thing. Another lo- We're going to end on this lovely note with Q4. So in case you don't know, Amazon has, has extended the return policy. The Amazon extended holiday return policy for 2020 requires that most orders ship between October 1st and December 31st be returnable through January 31st. This policy includes orders that are shipped by you and orders that are shipped by Amazon. Imagine if you have seasonal stuff. Like last year, I had a lot of advent calendars that were returned after Christmas. Mm. So I was like, yep, I'm not sure I'm going to source that anymore. Right? I mean, used how how ethical yeah i mean these are advent people that are using advent calendars are using them and returning them did the advent calendar mean anything like what 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 is going on so tis the season <laughs> tis the season but, some sleigh bells in the background there ching, ching. but but be aware just be aware like have that money on the side and, and be ready for returns yeah all right before we go to bolos though if you haven't a chance yet, you want to follow us on Instagram. A lot of what we talk about, we kind of talk about a little bit in our Instagram stories and we post on Instagram and, and here we give the whole background to everything. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pierce Podcast. On Twitter, we are Pierce Cast. Uh, if you are just listening to us and you want to catch us on YouTube, which by the way, we're at 4,010 subscribers since our last episode. Yeah. So it'd be nice. I, I would love it by year's end to be a 10K. I know we're reaching, but I think that'd be sweet. <laughs> So you never know. Maybe we have a video that goes viral. Maybe, Maybe. we make another Q4 wrap and it just goes viral. Yeah. And if you haven't watched our Q4 wrap, go check it out. We're almost at a thousand views That's on it. It's pretty sweet. It's growing. So, you know, Mug Life is at almost 8,000 views. Oh, man. Isn't that crazy? We should so. we should just re-upload just the last half of that. Just the last half. Just throw the last half up. I think it? people went there for like how to pack a mug though. Yeah, but the last half is the fun part. So that we should true. we should just relist that. Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll do. So go to Piers the Podcast, hit that subscribe button and that bell notification. Also, you could give us a call, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170, or shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you to all of you that continue to support us, whether it's buying shirts, doing reviews on iTunes, and our latest uh, buymeacoffee.com slash purehustle if you want to start a membership with us and you know support us on a monthly basis or just you know a one-time gift that's always helpful uh the link is below in our youtube the link is also in our bio and instagram and tiktok and twitter uh and if you really are having issues you can always shoot us a dm and we can share with you how to make that happen but thank you all so much i mean it's really helpful and and the, the you know, the more people that begin to sponsor us, the more we begin to see light about other things that we can begin to do uh, on the podcast. Yeah. All right. It is time for awkward silence. <laughs> Going with that old school sound. Yeah. Bringing it back up. G. All right. What's your bolo? What's your bolo? Um, so this one is maybe broad and then I'm going to try and narrow it down. So 
my wife uh, had, when we got married, she had this like Volcom or Volcom, is that how you say it? Volcom? Volcom. Volcom. Uh, Whatever. Uh, Pico jacket and it was black and had these pink buttons on it and I think maybe she wore it one time uh, once we had gotten together but she bought it when she was in high school right so it's old old like 2000s early 2000s um, Volcom Pico jacket and I might have said sweater earlier it was a jacket and so we've had it forever it's always gone with us it was one that she liked but it had like a weird i guess when she first bought it, it had like a funky smell to it like it had this just really strong almost like a like a, a, a chemical smell and so she never wanted to wear it and she was like do i dry clean it and over the years the smell just went away completely and now there's no more smell but she's like ah it's kind of not my style anymore and so we're like let's just throw it up on ebay so we threw it up on ebay and we sold it for a pretty good price and one of the things that's interesting is i mean I guess the general bolo here would be peacoat jackets, right? Obviously, oh, yeah. you search for the right brands. But, you know, when I'm at a thrift store or garage sale, I see so much, and maybe it's location, it's where I'm at, but I see Quicksilver and Hurley and Fox and Volcom, and I pass over that stuff. 99% of those, it's just, they're, they're mass-made t-shirts that, you know, you can buy in any mall, at least in our area. So I don't know, maybe this is only like a West Coast thing. I know it's kind of the the dirt bike surfer crowd. It like wears these brands. Uh, but it's one of those things where I, when I see a fox jacket or sweater or something, usually I'm just going to pass over it. But if it's the right item, so even a, a Volcom, I would pass over a Volcom t-shirt every day. But if I see a Volcom Pico jacket. Or if it's right, a collab. Right. Or yeah, collab. Or maybe like a really cool vintage hat. And I think too... The idea of like some of the vintage stuff. I think the fact that this was early 2000s um, made its selling value go up. So uh, just know that even some of those local brands that you might have at stores that are just the, the popular brands that you might see a ton of. Because, um, of course, we see all the Walmart and Target brands at garage sales and thrift stores and, and you know to pass on those. But sometimes you see the the mall stuff and you're like, eh, you know, it's just whatever. Old Navy. Obviously, Old Navy's a little bit lower than Volcom or, or Hurley or one of those. But still, they're they're the resale value typically isn't as high for those. But if you have the right item, it's still valuable. So always check, be on the lookout for, like Orlando said, maybe collabs or be on the lookout for, um, you know, things that are unique, right? This kind of a jacket is is a higher end type item with the Volcom logo on it, right? So when you see those unique things, maybe they're like a unique pair of shoes or a higher end dress or something, it's not your typical, um, you know, maybe pick it up. If you just see your regular... Hurley shirt, maybe not, maybe not as valuable, but you know, you never know. Check because if it's the right item, even if it's a brand you wouldn't normally pick up, it could be a good buy. Yeah. It's kind of like Abercrombie and Fitch, mm. like the the stuff from the nineties and early two thousands, like the right ones, uh, like bomber jackets, pea coats, uh, sometimes some of those, like you call them barn jackets. Uh, they're like khaki or tan, like they go for good money. I mean, I I just picked up one at a garage sale for, I don't know, like five bucks and it's probably going to sell for a hundred. So yeah. So one of the items I picked up at this garage sale, the very first item, I picked up a super soaker. Now, nice. super soakers were good money like years ago. Like I, I had picked up some and I sold it for good money, but it's one of those things where you resell for a while, you forget about some of the stuff that you picked up because you just don't see it anymore. So this was the first time in a long time. So this was a miniature Super Soaker, Super Soaker 30. Uh, it's from the 90s, purple and yellow. And I only paid a dollar at the garage sale. And I looked up comps and this alone is going for $50. 
Does it work? Did you test it? Did yeah, you go home fine. and test it? Yeah, it's good. It's Did good. you squirt your kids with it? No, no. This is I, I just tested it and then it's going away. It's going to get graded. Um, no, I'm choking. But I actually listed it right before the podcast because I was hoping it would sell during the podcast. I think it's going to sell pretty quick. Uh, and so it's interesting because then all, you know, I posted this on Instagram because, you know, every Saturday morning I usually post like, here's my garage sales. Like, here's my trunk. And everybody comments on the grass, which is, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, but I wanted to do something different. So I just posted, you know, what I thought was cool. Like I bought, I got a Harley jacket for a really good deal, but I really didn't care as much as I did for the super soaker gun. Right. Cause I, I felt really nostalgic and it was, it was awesome. How many people were like, Oh, that's so cool. Blah, blah. blah and DMing me and like, Oh yeah. And then some people had reached out. So I'm sorry if I destroy your name. I should have asked you how you say your name on Instagram. So no S bicycle. Oh, no, it's basic. I'm so sorry. Uh, and your name is Esbida or Esbade. I, I, I'm I so sorry. I know you listen to the podcast. Correct me. Like, send a voice message on DMs and say, Orlando, you butchered my name. Okay. But she had sent me uh, the screenshot of all the sales they had over the year. And they were killing it. Like, they were killing it. Like, they had all kinds of sales. Like, the big guns selling for, you know a ton of money. The small guns were selling for a ton of money and it's just wild because, and, and a lot of these were like on Macari. They weren't just on eBay. So again, you never know, like, you know, until you start looking up comps about how, how much stuff is worth. And so I'm looking at this and I'm going like, this is insane. Like how did I miss out on this bolo? Right. And so keep an eye for super soaker guns. I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at some of them. Yeah. It sold some of the larger ones, but here's one for 113. Here's one for 80. So thank you so much for sharing that information. Yeah. Keep an eye out for super soakers. Maybe you'll have fun with your kids and make money. You know, double the ROI. That's right. All right. So what are you looking forward to here? Um, I'm, I think I'm going to go to garage sales again. It's actually been a long time since I've gone to garage sales. I think there's there was a, a long period there where they just weren't happening. And then they were happening. But... There were only like one-offs here and there, and yeah, it wasn't. I it, you know, it was. Go I was going to a few and getting a few things, but it just hasn't been worth it. Like you know, every every day you make a choice, right? What are you going to do that day? And it's a cost-benefit analysis. And sometimes when I wake up in the morning on a Saturday, and I'm like a hustler, like I'm willing to go out and hustle and grind. But it's like if I think I'm going to go out and there's only three garage sales in a close area, and I'm going to have to drive 40 minutes to get to some other ones, and by the time I get there. I just don't see the the value. Now, it's, I could have been missing. I could have missed like the, the score of my life, right? But from my experience, if I'm not going to at least 15 garage sales, chances of me getting a lot of good things is just, it's lower, right? Because it's an odds game. You're just playing the odds. And so there's been a lot of Saturdays here where it's like, okay, well, instead I'm going to do some stuff around the house. I'm going to spend some time with family. Maybe I'm going to go do some listing. Uh, maybe go to a couple of thrift stores. And so I haven't really hit up garage sales, but I think we're moving into a season where people are starting to do garage sales again. And I'm excited to actually get out because I mean that was like my first love for reselling. Yeah, no, it's 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 happening again. I mean, it's odd because the last Saturday I talked about I went to five houses and I got a ton of stuff. Right? It it is it is a numbers game though, right? I've also done where I went to thirty five and I got yeah. barely anything. Right? <laughs> I mean, you you just never. But that's part of the treasure hunt. That's why it's fun. So. All right. So I'm going to begin sending more FBA shipments. Uh, you're going to see a shift on, on, on Instagram, probably in a month here <laughs> where it's going to be all retail arbitrage. Um, but I'm still, you know, I'm going to keep going to garage sales on Saturdays. That that's what I feel is the biggest fallacy that I had 
the last three years of like Saturday, I'm like, no, I'm losing tons of money. But then I realized that I'm also losing out on some good garage sale stuff, which you might say, well, Orlando, you can make one or 2000 doing FBA, but you could also do that. You know, if you hit the right garage sale and I, it's safer, <laughs> it's safer. Right. Um, and then I need to research more. Like I said, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to scan more because you know, it, it's me against the Discord groups. Now, again, no offense to any Discord groups. I just, maybe I need to join one. Maybe I just need to join one. Maybe that's the scenario. I, I'm not going to because I, I don't know. I just, I just can't do it. Right. But um, it, it may be worth it to me. Uh, but, you know, then I have to decide if I'm going to. Let us know if you want us to start one. Do you want to start a pure little Discord group? No. Just kidding. I, just, I would feel so much pressure. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel I would feel so much pressure. Like, what if we gave them something we flooded the market or what if it's wrong or what if, you know, I just whew, it's a lot of pressure, a lot of money to be made, though. A lot of money. We're, we're leaving a lot of money on multiple tables by not having one. But we care about you guys. So that's why we're about to, that's why we're about we're about content and buying us coffee. Yeah. I mean, coffee. <laughs> right. And then uh, so and then I got to decide if, I, if I'm going to use a helper. I'm so back and forth about that. Uh, I, I think as things get busier, I may not have an option, which I've noticed. Like I have, I probably have about two to 300 items again that aren't listed because I just haven't had the time. So I'm going to be deciding that. And so that's kind of where I'm at. So, I get. so, Hey, make sure you're listing, make sure you're researching. Hey, people are buying now. It's definitely the time to optimize your sales at this beginning of Q4, and it may go all of Q4. And with that being said, hey, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Please.